0: This is the... <clears throat> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even get... I couldn't even speak there. Try again. This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 25, take one.
1: Hello and welcome to the 25th episode of The Drive-In Podcast. Today, as usual, we have The Checkup with Dr. O, breaking down the latest news in the movie industry. We have our review of the new Hulu original, Land. We have our top billing draft of underrated things in film. So buckle up, get ready for the 25th episode of The Drive-In Podcast. Gentlemen, good afternoon, good evening. How are we doing on this fabulous Monday night? They're gonna give us I mean, a, that. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. For, yeah, I'm gonna go first here,
0: Flex, because the audience needs to know something. Ricky Flex is oh. the man of this podcast who always. Tells us be on time, guys. Uh, six PM <laughs> recording, all right? Eleven AM recording. Be there, be sharp, be square, have your A game, all this jazz. And I come home from work right? a few minutes, a few a few minutes after the six PM assigned, uh, the six p.m. slot. And what six do I six. what do I come to when I open my computer? Ricky flicks, a text saying, I locked myself out of the condo, right? And we will be starting. Very, Five minutes. very late. It's 6.30. We were going to start at 6 o'clock. I, got, I was on the computer at 6.05.
2: No, but I got back. As... What do you have to say for yourself? Okay, yes. I was on at exactly 6 o'clock, actually a minute earlier than that. Nez was actually right on time as well. So we had two people on time. You were the one that was late, and you said you were going to be late. Ricky Flix, you're I a clown. Space.
0: You locked yourself out of the condo.
2: Yes, I did. You
0: were lucky your girlfriend came to let you in. <clears> or else we could have been here until 7. It's true. I,
2: I actually this called is... someone to let me in, and she just happened to come at the same time. But moving on from that, I moving was moving on.
0: I, we didn't have to hear I, Ness's take on this. I was on time, and you weren't.
2: And Ness was, Ness was on you, time. As well.
0: I, I was, I mean, you were on time, but then I wouldn't you have were, gone then out then there you, if you, you if were, we AWOL. were already recording. You were AWOL.
1: You weren't here. You oh were my Apple. God. I, um, I too- can't comment on this because I'm oh never my on time. So I'm I'm <laughs> not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna raise my pitchfork here because I'm the king of not showing up on time for recording. It had
2: to be addressed. I, I, I will I will say I am very sorry for the five minutes that you lost of your life. I am sorry. And you're funny. blaming me for being late, dude. I got, it would have never a, happened. I got
0: a few inches on the ground. You want me to speed in dangerous conditions going no. beyond the speed limit?
1: Absolutely not. Maybe just so say 605 instead of 6 late. o'clock.
0: Well, yeah, I, I expect it. it was, I had to drive slower. There's snow on the road. It's icy. We're in freezing hey. conditions. Hey. Be better.
1: All right, guys. We're here. Listen, We're here. listen. I got I got some stuff that we need to talk about in this checkup. And uh, I just can't wait anymore. So you guys can take that arguing, ar- that arguing off the. Maybe we'll have a. Uh, you know, we'll take it to the Thunderdome. Dome. You guys can settle it there, and that'll <laughs> be like a YouTube dojo. episode. We'll take it to the dojo. I don't know, that, but yeah. uh, I think it's time for the checkup with Doctor O. Doctor O, check us up.
0: Let's check the audiences up. The argument's in the rearview mirror. We're moving on. Jesse <laughs> Plemons, our plump boy from Judas and the Black boy. Messiah, scores the lead for the next Martin Scorsese film, Killers of the Flower Moon. All right. So with the synopsis for this movie, it's a script written by Eric Roth, one of the GOATs, based on go, the go, David Grand bestseller. It's set in the It's set in 1920s Oklahoma against the backdrop of the serial murder of well, of members of the oil wealthy uh, Osage Nation. A string of brutal crimes that came to be known as the Reign of Terror. Clemens uh, will play the lead. He's going to play Tom White, a lead FBI agent investigating the murders. Lily Gladstone will play the role of Molly Burkhart, an Osage, uh, an Osage married to Ernest Burkhart, who is nephew of a powerful local rancher. Uh, DiCaprio. Right. Leonardo, that is, is the nephew, while De Niro is the strong herded, strong handed rancher. Right. So we're getting Leo, we're getting De Niro, and we're getting Clemens, the holy trinity right there. So uh, we got DiCaprio, De Niro, and villainous supporting roles. Nez, what do you think of our plump boy, Jesse Clemens, in the lead for a change?
1: Yeah, not not a villain. Um, why do you keep calling him a plump boy? <laughs> I, I, Plemons, he's a big boy. Plump, he's thick. He's a big boy. Plump Plemons, Three I hear you um i'm i'm excited i'm excited about it he's um very talented he's really taken off right now uh what did he choose he had to choose between this movie and another one right
2: didn't scorsese he For he is king baby
0: true and he he was going either or, for jordan peele's next movie right he was gonna play the lead there and then scheduling conflicts he had to choose one or the other he chose scorsese yeah but that's fascinating that he could have been on those either of those two movies imagine if he did those back to back
1: that the fact that you're could at that a point time when you're here. If you're an actor and you're you're turning down Jordan Peele movies in, in 2021, flex. you made it. That's, that's, that's pretty tough. Um, that being said, you know, maybe, maybe Scorsese a little past his prime. Maybe, oh my. Maybe this Peele movie might end up being better than this Scorsese movie. Ricky Flex. Only is that, time is will is tell. that a shot at the Irishman? Okay.
2: Let's take this easy. Okay. This shows, this still shows that Scorsese is king. He's above all else. You're going to drop everything you're doing if Martin Scorsese asks you to do like, even a minor role, probably in his movie, because he's that, because Scorsese is that good. And Eric Roth is also that good. May I remind you, Forrest Gump. <laughs> uh, Forrest Gump, Insider, Benjamin Button. Uh, what am I missing? I, like, he's done so many films, uh, but Eric Roth is up there. I think he's getting a screenplay credit for Dune, actually, even he though it's an adapted novel. Best writer, one of the best writers of all time. And with Scorsese, one of the best directors, if not the best director of our generation with Leo and De Niro, De Niro like he could oh, not turn this down. past generation
0: and our generation. Yes. Honestly. Like
2: cannot turn this down at all. Like, just the best of the best for every single part of the industry in this movie. So Jesse Plemons, like credit to you for actually like saying no, it's hard to say no. Like when you're already like, ex- like when you get offers, like from Jordan Peele, it's hard to like turn those down. Right. And he actually like had the balls to do it. So like credit to him. And, I like this is the most anticipated movie like 2022 for sure. Let alone like this would be my number one for 2021 probably.
0: Yeah, I mean you got to remember, Plemons already has a working relationship with Martin Scorsese. He was in the Irishman, right, right? So he's just he's following up with that, and then I mean. Jordan Peele is one of the, like we're talking about greatest writers of like generations. Like he is the, has the potential to be one of the best best writers of our generation with what he's mm-hmm. put out so far. Two like jaw dropping films, like Restart literally jaw dropping. And he's saying this next film that Peele's making is going to be the scariest yet. And I thought I thought Austin was pretty scary, but we're I gonna suppose. get to that. We're gonna get to that point of the checkup in a bit because we actually have some Jordan Peele news. But I Ooh. thought it was hilarious that Plemons is playing an FBI agent. <laughs>
1: Like, yeah, like well, I feel like I'm so used to seeing him playing playing the villain, and now he's not going to. Well,
0: I was going to say no. also last time we said he's like almost typecast into these like yes. mundane like white guy roles. Like, oh, he's, he's just that FBI good at doing it. And like or he's mm-hmm. the son of like this rich white guy. Like it's just he's always like that character. So yeah. I feel like yeah. it's not a surprise that he's going like the FBI agent route. And it's interesting because this, this lead role is initially going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. And DiCaprio turned down this role, right, so he could play the villainous supporting role alongside De Niro, which I think is fascinating. We're getting Leo as a supporting. Villain. That's going to be quite a combo. That's yeah, be and great, I was gonna,
2: I, I was gonna like uh, go on on that saying Leo not taking the FBI role, and what do we know? Uh, Leo doing like FBI roles, like J Egger, not a great movie. Shutter Island, Scorsese, yes, very entertaining, highly popular, but not necessarily one of his best movies and that's saying a lot but like because it on such a good movie but compared to a Leo movie and Scorsese like not even close to what they've done together so he's doing the villainous role when you think of villainous role for Leo Django Django. probably though like he didn't get an Oscar for that like this is going to be something with Leo in the villainous role and De Niro is going to be on his side as well so you get the De Niro-Leo uh, chemistry, possibly. Go,
0: the two that are always with Scorsese, too. The two that are synonymous mm-hmm. with him. Like, that big mm-hmm. three is going to be incredible. Yeah. It's going to be the best big three since Harden, Kyrie, and... Uh, Who's KD. Who am I missing? KD. KD,
1: K- KD the best one?
0: I, I thought I said KD <laughs> first. Excuse me. I said Kyrie. I had a KD. Uh, it's going to be It's gonna be pretty sick. And I think Jesse Palmer has put in the work, man. Like, he'd go back to his Like Mike days, right? Then moving up to Breaking Bad my as God. Todd. And oh then he's God. going in with, like... These, Friday Night Lights. Uh, Friday Night Lights. Then he's in, like, Paul Thomas Anderson movies with The PTA. Master. And then he's going in, obviously, with The Irishman. Then he's in... Uh, uh, Whitey Bulger movie with Johnny the Depp, Black Mass. Black Mass, and then now it's f- culminated into working with all these directors. You get to lead for a Scorsese movie. So Good for him! Congrats to
2: our plump boy.
1: Plump boy. <laughs> what <laughs> a right. bad nickname to have. I know.
2: I'm sorry, but he is. I, don't hey, I know. Maybe I know. an I Oscar, just... Oscar nominated role here. Maybe a win with Scorsese, Leo. Like you, the next. You step, never right? know. Maybe just an Oscar knob is the next step. Probably now. That'd be fun. That'd be. That'd be. Yeah. That's why you choose the Scorsese film. Yeah
0: going to advance that career so here comes the jordan peel news that we were just discussing we have some casting news that goes along with the jordan peel upcoming movie kiki palmer and daniel kaluuya are starring in uh peel's next film details for the project are being kept secret surprise surprise but peel once again wrote the script and is directing and producing One of the best of the generation. Ian Cooper of Peel's Monkey Paw Productions is also producing. The film is said to be scarier, as I said before, than Us and Get Out, according to Peel. So, Nez, I'll throw it back to you. Are you ready for Kiki Palmer?
1: I'm ready for some Kiki Palmer. I'm ready for some Daniel Kaluuya. Listen, Daniel Kaluuya, at this point, if he's in the movie, it's going to be really good. The guy, like I said uh, on uh, his last episode, everything he touches, every project that he picks is amazing so the fact that he's i mean it's jordan peele obviously they've worked together in the past but um i think the fact that he's this project it's gonna be great he's only in good movies this guy right now he has the best taste out of anybody in hollywood right now uh and obviously always down for some more some more kiki palmer but
0: uh <laughs> and the b right kiki palmer yeah yeah, man, what a throwback! When I saw that, I couldn't believe it. I don't even know what she's done recently. I think she's been in a couple like tell like a couple TV a appearances. Yeah. She's done like a series or two. Um, but but she's excited. had to show
2: she's had to show something though for Jordan Peele to cast yeah. her as a lead actress in this role. So,
0: right? I mean, he's always talked about like promote like he wants to provide opportunities for like African American. Like actors, and like this, he's also looking at someone who like maybe hasn't gotten an opportunity lately, and then he had, does see talent within. I know she was a big star back when she was a younger person, so I think I'm interested to see what she's got now. But Daniel Kaluuya, I'm excited for this because this is a re- like he's re- reuniting with the guy who launched his career, Jordan Peele, and Get Out, yep. right? In his breakout role, and I think I believe Kaluuya was nominated for an Oscar last yes. time he worked with Jordan Peele.
2: So yeah, 2017, uh, I'm Oscar pumped known. to see
0: this uh, this. Tr- this uh, whole trio obviously but I can't wait to see Kaluuya in another Peel film
2: yeah I think that this like after Judas and the Black Messiah even though uh, Kaluuya wasn't actually the lead I think that certified him as an A-lister and someone that alright I'm going to go see the movie because of him and I think this movie is just to go along with Jordan Peele it's a Jordan Peele movie I think he has now earned the right with after Get Out and also um, us and then also now the producing the Twilight series as well like he he has now earned the right. Like if it's a Jordan Peele movie, I'm going to go see it. So you com- combine those two factors, you're going to go see this movie. And I feel like this is a new trend in Hollywood with these two, and they're going to start this whole thriller horror aspect. That's kind of the mix between the two, where it's going to be must see in theaters as well. When we get back to theaters, the whole our whole slogan on this podcast make movie theaters cool again.
1: Love it.
0: Okay. You guys ready for one more, uh, one more casting news piece here? We got Michael, Sarah, and Jeff Goldblum rumored to be <laughs> negotiating roles in Wes Anderson's next film. Flex, what do you think of this oddball trio?
2: Well, my first thought was the same thing as yours, Dr. O, in your blog, and I didn't even read it before sending this tweet because my fingers were just typing so quickly. Is that Michael Sarah was meant to be in a Wes Anderson film, right? Absolutely. Like the most awkward, probably the best awkward actor of all time right like if you think about it like in uh scott pilgrim like pretty awkward super bad not necessarily awkward just very awkward you,
0: But he punches the girl's boob
2: <laughs> no that's a uh, super bad sorry i was talking about uh this i'm thinking this is the end sorry this is oh the no end.
0: that's the opposite of awkward <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolute but, like, juno, yeah yeah but like
2: Juno, yeah yeah whack job juno awkward like every single role is usually him just being absurdly awkward Right? right so yeah. he's gonna match so well with wes anderson wes anderson i the real like for me wes anderson i think of Purdue's best hotel i love that movie that's one of my favorite movies of the past decade or the 2010s uh that's one of my favorite movies of that decade probably top 10 top 15 for me and you think moonrise kingdom wow. royal Bombs, like these are kind of awkward characters that are in, within those movies and michael is gonna fit in so well with that and not only that you have Jeff Goldblum coming in the back, coming back. He's kind of like, we always talk about renaissances here on the driving podcast. Like he's going through him right now. Like Ragnarok kind of catapulted him coming back to Jurassic world. And now well, that's back
0: to the mainstream.
2: Right. And he's worked with Wes Anderson before he was a voice in Isles of dogs. Um, and I believe he actually wasn't grand Budapest hotel. I believe if I remember correctly, I don't remember. Up, I, I think remember. he was a brief cameo, but I think that this, like, I think this is great for both of them, especially Michael Sarah, who I can't remember the last film he was in, to be honest. Uh, but I think this is great for both of them.
0: It might have been Molly's Game, where he plays like uh, Toby, Toby McGuire, 2016
2: movie. So that's a long time. So this is good for him to come back on the that. map. And he's still really young. He's still very young, early thirties, right?
0: Dude, I, yeah, he's like 32. I, I oh my said, god, I he's he younger than Jonah 30s. Hill. Jonah Hill's 37. I, yeah. I wrote it in my blog. Oh, if I'd crazy. guessed,
2: I would have said Jonah Hill's younger than him, probably. Or like right around the same age. Yeah. I love Michael Sarah. Huge fan. You know me. Scott Pilgrim baby. <laughs> yeah, <it's> your Boy.
1: <laughs> my guy. That's my guy. Jeff Goldblum also, very cool. He has kind of a cult follower following, right? 100%. Like, people are yes. yeah, there's like Jeff Goldblum fans, which is very random and interesting, but um what it's definitely an interesting combo. Then you throw Wes Anderson in there. I'm intrigued.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I Sorry, you know, that's I, right. Go I was ahead. gonna
0: say I I, I watched Royal Ten Bombs uh like a week ago and that movie I think that's I stoward. could just I can imagine like Michael Sarah being inserted into any one of those scenes just because like the his scripts are so blunt, they're fast paced, uh they're they're they are awkward. I think it's just meant for Michael Sarah. And as I said, Sarah needs this because he hasn't done anything. Like and I was I I actually was watching Super the other day. I had like a movie marathon where I watched Book Smart, which is an Great awesome movie. comedy. It gets, it gets compared. to super bad a lot. If you haven't seen Booksmart, highly recommend. It's on Hulu, I believe. Yes. Uh, but I watched Super Bad. I think Michael Sarah. We have we have a big draft today, right? With top billing, most underrated roles, most underrated yada yada teasing yada, most pick. underrated in film. This is teasing a pick because it's, it's a part of the checkup. But Michael Sarah is underrated in that role. I think he goes like toe to toe with Jonah Hill in terms of funniness.
2: He's up there. Uh, oof, oof. I, I think you you're right with, with, no. with funniness with so funniness with funniness I think I'm with you as acting like overall acting body work just like no pure like, talent like, like then, I'm talking yeah. about super bad. oh and Justin bad. yeah oh, I, I think he's just as funny yeah you're right you're right I agree with that just underrated, like under under the radar is funny. People
0: just assume like Jonah Hill, funniest dude Right? Yeah, you know? it's like cause Michael
2: Cera. It's like a lot of the mannerisms and a lot of the things going on. Jonah Hill is a lot of the one-liners that he comes out with and the actions that he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think also just one more thing on Wes Anderson is that when you're watching a Wes Anderson film, it's so recognizable. You have like the Western European art. Like if you think of Grand Budapest Hotel like, and uh, other Wes Anderson movies, you think of the Western European art the uh micro worlds of the shoebox sets like it looks like 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 uh fantastic mr fox it literally looks like it's shot within a shoebox and you have like similar cast of course but like you have a chapter-like structure and abrupt violence out of nowhere and i feel like michael sarah can really strive in that and that fast-paced dialogue i really think he could really strive and we've seen that from him in like molly's game like fast-paced dialogue there scott pilgrim abrupt violence just out of nowhere And Wes Anderson's awkwardness as well script would match perfectly with Michael Cera. So I really like this for him. Jeff Gloom, again, just another renaissance in the making, going back to a formidable uh, director that that he knows. Good for him. Good stuff. Uh,
0: So that does it for the casting news for the checkup. We also got a combo of trailers this week, one being Cruella, which is – going to star Emma Stone playing the iconic Disney villain from 101 Dalmatians, right? Cruella Deville. The film will hit Disney Plus in May of 2021. We got like a grittier take here. Like a lot of takes on Twitter were saying this was going to be, this looks similar to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Um, So Flix, what do you think on this gritty style that's being kind of shown to us?
2: I think it's the, the way to do it. Like Cruella. If you had to, like, rank or draft Disney characters, like, Disney villains, like, she's probably number one. Like, she's just a terrible, like, killing 101 Dalmatians. Like, she is probably the worst. She's probably the worst villain. Like She's the most evil
0: when you really think about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, if you really, like, dive deep for five minutes about it.
0: 101 (laughs) (laughs) Dalmatians. Triple digits was trying to kill. She's pretty bad, you know? Yeah, so...
2: I think that this is the only take you really can do. What I really took out of it, besides the actual Joker feel, the second thing was really Emma Stone. Like, you really know her as, like, these go-lucky, happy roles. Like, I know she was in The Favorite, and she was fantastic in that. But, like, La La Land, like, Easy Yay, Crazy Stupid Love, you, you still get that in your mind. Like, I know she's, like, really, like – oscar-winning actress and you but you still get those happy-go-lucky roles in your mind when you think of emma stone this is going to like change the perspective saying i can play anything i'm really looking forward to this movie just for her performance really the story itself i'm not actually that interested in i'm not a big fan of 101 dalmatians that's one of my least favorite disney movies even though they're all very almost all of them are very good i'm just looking forward to seeing emma stone in this role
1: this people are uh relating it to joker Right. I think Joker started trending on Twitter after they dropped that. And they're like, is this like the female Joker? Which I I think is very interesting. How do you guys feel about people relating it to Joker? I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. People like are like attacking
0: it, like it's the worst idea in the world. But as we said, when you really think about it, it is like a dark idea. Right, oh, yeah. Coella Deville, and then people say like, "Oh, everything doesn't have to be gritty." I'm like, "Well, if you really look at it, Joker was a massive success. It a billion, made a dollars. billion dollars. It was Oscar-nominated movie. It was the most Oscar-nominated movie at the Oscars last, yeah, last nine, year. nine. I believe nine. So it's Oscar like, noms. And I like Disney kind of taking like this darker take. Like it doesn't have to be all sunshine and butterflies, and it, it doesn't no, it have could. to be yeah, good. Cause, yeah,
1: because yeah, because I mean they have their own streaming service now, and they have to have some sort of variety. You know, it can't all be like the Disney that we know. They're trying to be this, you know, massive, you know, super thing or content machine with. So you're going to have to make more than just family movies. You're going to have to make some gritty stuff. So um, should be interesting. I don't don't really have any. I'm not really that excited about it, but uh, I guess I'm interested in seeing how um, they pull it off. It could could be really bad. It could be.
0: (laughs) I feel like Disney people are just gonna like look at it and be like Disney doing this idea into like this take. I think people are gonna hate on it from the beginning. Uh, and, but at the same time, you have the powerful lead with Emma Stone. I think the fact that she's doing this role and, and she is supremely talented. I think it's going to do well, man. I, I would say it's going to be similar to Joaquin playing Joker, although Joker is an iconic figure. Uh, and I really like don't care about 101 Dalmatians, as Ricky Flux was saying. like He doesn't really care about it either. I, dude, I don't even know if I've seen that movie all the
2: way through. It's the story I don't care about, but as in like, it's just so sad and like, I honestly don't think it's a great movie. But the actual character of Cruella, if it's played by Emma Stone, I'm going to pay attention to. That's what I was trying to get to.
1: I'm, I'm more of an movie. aristocrats guy myself. So I like that Dude, movie. Yes. We were just talking about that the other day. The aristocrats are the,
2: the it was on crap. My bi- they are awesome. Not the crap. They are the best. Dude, <laughs> I can't. Not, I can't swear. That's that's uh that's on my big board. That's all I'll say.
1: Oh wow, he really went into the into the vault for that's on like, your big
0: board. Billing. The aristocrats Dude. take it. <laughs>
2: Well, my big board's it. my big board's like fifty plus, but we're gonna cut it down. I thought you said you had minimal scenes. It's a movie. Okay.
0: Well you have fifty movies, listen on the most underrated.
2: I do. Okay. I do. So
0: we also oh so uh you you guys want to throw around the thermometer predictor real quick? Just go around any predictions here. You don't have to go in depth. Just what do you think it's gonna be?
2: Seventy two. Hmm. Flex. Sixty six for me. Eighty eight I wow. Do. Wow. That's yeah, it's really I good. Think, good. I yeah. think I think Craig Gillespie is directing this, if I don't like if I remember correctly. And like Gillespie. he's Gillespie, thank you. He's like a really good act, uh director in my eyes. He did um Itania uh and I really like that movie. I think yeah. that another underrated movie I think, but um I really like that movie. I know he's done some duds in the past, so I'm just kind of taking a conservative approach here, but like they gotta do at least decent on this movie. That's why I went sixty six.
0: I'm thinking Emma, Emma Stone showcase back yeah, on the map. You're going she's, all she's, out. She's, she's she's gonna be sick. She's it's gonna be like it's gonna be like the Joker. It's just gonna be a showcase of her in every scene, just killing it. So, yeah. uh, we also had Nez. You're gonna be interested in this. We had a mortal, tri- a mortal Kombat Mortal Combat
1: trailer. Oh I oh I saw it, baby.
0: <laughs> Sub Zero is gonna be the main villain. Nez, finish him.
1: How are we feeling about this video game based movie? It actually looks incredible. It actually looks so good. I'm so excited. I'm a little disappointed that Sub-Zero is going to be uh, the villain, but um, the only thing that I was looking for that entire trailer, there's one thing that I was looking for, and it's it's the tagline for Mortal Kombat that everybody knows, and it's get over here. It's Scorpion. <laughs> That's all I was looking for. Scorpion is also a favorite dude. I've been playing mortal Kombat since like the nineties. Like my cousins had it on like the PS2. Mm-hmm. That is my jam. And I remember watching the old mortal Kombat, which is such a bad movie. I actually watched it on Sci-Fi Channel the other day. It was so really, terrible. Terrible. it is it's terrible. so bad. I can't,
2: I've never watched it through. It's I like impossible. to watch it though. No, because it's like bad, so bad. It's good in a way. Oh uh, um, no, 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 no! Don't don't give it that respect. But okay, go on.
1: No, yeah, oh, I love bad movies. Are entertaining too. It's great. Not that one. Um, okay, fair enough. Agree <laughs> to disagree. But uh, but this this Mortal Kombat movie actually looks pretty legit with like the, the modern effects and everything like that. Like it looks. Like it's gonna be like pretty fun, and I, I could see it coming together. The only issue is, you know, there's so many characters, you're, you're, it's gonna be really hard to tell the stories, uh, tell all their stories. But I think it, it's gonna be really interesting, and and I I hope it turns out good. I think if anything, it'll be entertaining, right? We're not, it's not gonna be an Oscar now. I'm not gonna be ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but it, it'll it could, you know, we could get like a like a seventy five and some really good action scenes.
2: Like that's what I'm looking for here.
0: Got it. Flex thoughts.
2: I think it does look a lot better than the last one. I think it looks more constructive. It it looks actually like more like interesting. Like I know it's still, I'm still like worried about the story. I'm not completely sure. I know the tournament, but like every time I think of a tournament, like fighting thing, I think of like balls of fury type thing. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It (laughs) might be a little different. Yeah. Oh, totally different. But like, I don't know. I just, I just still don't know what it's going to be about. Except just that tournament. Like who's the main character. But at the end of the day, the action scenes look sick. That one guy, um, the older guy—I don't know the actor's name—but he's in like so many movies, and he's always so good. I don't know. Is it the guy
0: who looks like it looked like Denzel and uh, what's his face? The game show host uh, had a baby. It's like uh, that guy. uh, What was it? Uh, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey and Denzel had a baby. Looks like that guy. Uh, The black guy.
2: uh, Maybe. Uh, no, 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 no! You're, that guy, not the, that guy, the ball no, guy no, no, with the no, mustache. No. You know what I'm no, talking uh, about? Uh, no, looks no, just not, like not, it. Nah, I wasn't talking about that guy. Um, I think it's. I'm looking it up right now. Hiroki Sonata? Scorpion. He's this. He's playing Scorpion. That guy looks sick. That guy looks so sick. Oh no! I was talking about the guy. With the, hat on. No, in the trailer, if audience, like if you're like looking at the trailer, or haven't seen it. Pause for pause this. Go look at the trailer real quick. It's the scene where it's the old Asian guy in front of the in front of the house, and he just has the chain, and he like goes around and hits like eight people out with one shot. That guy God. looks sick, and like the action sequences in this look a lot better than the first one. I have a lot more high hopes on this one, but I can't like put the first one in the rear, rear view mirror. But it's definitely if they're making us this one. That means it's got to be better, and it's got to be it's got to be decent. So I'm gonna go 56 for now, and we're gonna go higher maybe on the second trailer.
0: We got what we gotta talk about. Dude, we got a red band trailer as the first trailer. There's gonna be sick kills. There's going to be sick, like action in this. Like it's going to be hardcore. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the draw. I got like Power Ranger vibes, but R rated here. <laughs> you know, I just, yeah. it kind of felt like that. And I, I'm excited to see like the creativeness. I know they've kind of, the cast has kind of talked about it in terms of like, there's, you're, you're going to like. It's going to be, like, jaw-dropping when you see uh, – it's going to be, like, what you would expect out of yeah, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's going to be
1: extremely gory, and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of thinking about it. Maybe I'll give my uh, therapist a call or something, but I'm wondering if there's any, you know, lingering trauma or anything from being four years old and watching a, an animation of a guy with getting his heart ripped out of his chest and his spine. Like, oh like God. Mortal Kombat games are extremely graphic. Mm-hmm this movie is going to probably match or be even it's going to, and it's going to be look realistic. It's going to be gross. It's going to be gory. It's going to be
0: crazy. Mm. I'm so excited. And yeah, that's gotta be the draw. Yeah. 100%.
2: I also just, it is Hiroki Sonata who I was talking about. And the reason why, like I was talking about him so much is because he's in the Wolverine and I think that's an underrated movie as well. I think he was fantastic in that and he is, Like, he is pushing up their age. He was born in 1960. So, like, he is up their age, but he still is killing it with these action movies. And he's going to be in Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. Like, I can't wait to see him in that as well. So, if he's in it, I'm definitely going to see it. But I was going to see this no matter what. I can't wait to see this movie as well.
0: All right. Uh, Just to throw out a thermometer predictor, I'm going to go with a 59%. 59. Uh, Okay, that does it for the checkup this week. A lot of casting news, a couple trailers. Let's throw it back to Nez for a review
1: of Nomadland. Dr. O, as always, thank you for checking us up, keeping us updated on the latest movie news and trailers. Uh, Our review this week is for Nomadland. It came out on Hulu this past week, uh, and it is about a woman who embarks on a journey through the American West after losing everything during the recession, it's currently trending at ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and we all got to watch it this past weekend. So, uh, I guess we'll just start out here. Uh, how did you like the movie? What you know? Give me one thing you like. Give me one thing you didn't like.
0: Go ahead, Flex.
2: So, one thing I liked about this movie was the cinematography. I think, like they, I think they use natural light for these scenes. I know that Chloe Zhao her prior cinematographer on the rider um what's his name joshua james richards like that it was phenomenal in this movie and i really thought that it was not just beautiful but just like like it's stuff that you see on a postcard like it was beautiful the shots in this movie and particularly the shots where you would see her walking like down the street as her like zooming out from like the the camera would shoot uh, zoom out from her walking and like show the mountain view or whatever's going on. And it's just showing like why this, the character never actually has left M- like this uh, area around empire where she's from and how people always ask her, why didn't you move? Or why didn't you do this? Or why did you do that? And she keeps saying like, though, this is my home. This is my location. I really thought the cinematography really, really benefited the story. That's why I, I think I mentioned that first. Now, one thing I didn't really like about the movie. I thought, I thought the ending, even though it was good, I didn't think it was great. I didn't think the ending was great. I, don't, like, I think it's like the movie itself is more like a documentary, just surrounding around the nomads. I just didn't think the ending was really surrounding around the character as much as I would have liked. Um, Dr. Roe, what do you think?
0: Uh, to go on to cinematography, I think that was one of the high points of the film, obviously. You're studying – it's basically a study of like these people that have been neglected by society – these nomads right then they go through all these, these supporting cast first of all they're all like most of them are actual nomads like there's only obviously we have the guy uh what's the actor's name from eight men out um i got it right i always
2: david. call him ed seacock
0: david eddie seacock david yeah. Straighthern. Uh yeah he's he also in Lincoln. It was like the only like legitimate actor other than Francis McDormand, who was unbelievable in this movie, but everyone mm-hmm. else in this cast were nomads. So it's like, you got to hear all these different stories of why they were in the position they were in, which is mm-hmm. nuts. Like some of them are yeah. former veterans. Some of them obviously are just homeless and don't have jobs. Other them just prefer the lifestyle. So it's interesting to look at people and how they view society and how kind of society, as I said before, has neglected them. And then seeing them in their lifestyle kind of introduced audiences to a whole new perspective they didn't give a second thought about, Mm -hmm. right? I think that almost it was almost almost it was portrayed perfectly when she's cleaning the bathroom and she goes like, "No, we're closed," and as if you can close a bathroom like that. But the guy Mm -hmm. just walks in, ignores her completely, and starts peeing. It's just like how they're they're all these types of people are neglected by society. I keep saying that, but I think that's kind of the point of the film.
1: So it's really interesting. I actually had no idea that they that there was actual nomads that were in the film. Because really? there was a well, there was a point like I was like fifteen minutes into the film and I was like and I, I, I Googled it. I was a little embarrassed to say Google. I was like, is this a documentary? Like it felt so <laughs> like real. Like, the camera felt, shots
2: also did that to you too.
1: Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. It it told the story so naturally and like and, and, and it just felt like so like 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 so real because it Dianic. is there's there's a Genuine. lot of people that were displaced or or you know their lives were destroyed by uh by the recession in 2008 and and they didn't really recover mm-hmm. so they resorted to this kind of lifestyle which is just really crazy like uh, I think they say in the movie similar to the pioneers where they're just kind of living off the land and doing like odd jobs and living in cars and doing these weird kind of trades and stuff like that. It's, Fighting the system. I, I'm thinking, like, how do you – these people just don't – they don't file a tax return on a yearly basis, right? Like, that's – they probably don't, I don't know. do that. Well, it depends. Like, like, and,
0: like you feel know? like uh, Frances McDormand's character did?
1: I think she does
2: because she works for <laughs> Amazon, seasonal worker for Amazon. I think right, you have right. To, if you work for a corporation like that. but it's like, where do you go to file don't. your taxes? A lot like, of these people oof. are covered under the – like. <laughs> I don't know how it's these just, people just, are like paying. These the are
0: the table. questions. We're looking for Chloe
1: Zhao no. to like answer. <laughs> I'm just like, no, it's, it's just like, it's just like, I, it's just like, so I'm sorry. What like I, they I,
0: do? They're tax
1: I'm so far removed from like, from, from being a nomad oh, like question. that. Cause that's like a legit. Oh, no, no, no. So I, I think that, that, that are, that took their laptop and they're working from home in an apartment in, in Florida and, and they're like, yeah, I'm pulling, I'm the nomad route. I'm like, no, you're, that's not a nomad. A nomad is what these people are doing
2: and they are literally yeah. just right just LIVIN. No, but I think Nez like what you were just saying is that hey, we have no idea like us three. We have no idea what it's like to be a nomad, right? right. But I think that's what makes this movie so good because the documentary style, the cinematography, but then the social realism of this flick. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. will only see the grief. Like a lot of people will see the grief because her town, Empire, like Empire Nevada in like 2011, like that was like the reason the whole reason behind this whole film. And it was a nonfiction book that was adapted or uh close out her passion project. She wrote this film centered around that piece about how that, that company went down and that company basically funded this entire town, which folded and the zip code actually got erased. Yeah, so like that amazing. you'll see in this movie. So it's just insane. And we have nothing like we have never experienced anything like that. And then mm-hmm. a lot of people became nomads because all the housing Uh, came from that company a lot of the company was paying for their housing so that's why all these people came specifically francis mcnorman's character became a nomad but i think that's what is the special inner lining thing of this movie is that it really displays the social realism of like poverty nomad like the nomad community really and how strong that community is if you want to be a part of it and Mm -hmm. i think it does a great job depicting that and educating that on us similar to like a documentary would like you mentioned yes
1: So, yeah. And, and I think the cool thing about the storytelling in this movie is uh, the fact that you do see these people have like happy moments and like they're, when yes. they're going, like, are through the RV conference, they're like having a good time and stuff. And, and they it, enjoy being it's interesting. Robots. Yeah, because like. Like it kind of goes to show, and it kind of reminds me of actually the the of Soul, where it's like uh, that movie that we reviewed, the the Pixar movie, where kind of the point is just to like enjoy the moment and enjoy every day. Basically, you know, and this is I don't think it's the point of this movie, but it's cool to see these people who don't really have any many material possessions, but they can still wake up and have a smile on their face from on a on a day to day basis, um, just based off of their general attitude and the community that they've built. So uh, that's stuff that I think is very cool to see. It almost you know shows you you don't. really need all that much to be happy in this world but you know we're raised to to think that we need everything you know especially right. in america
0: and uh i thought the theme of the movie they, they said it right in the beginning and it was like clear cut stated uh the guy had a tattoo right and the, the, i wrote down yes. it's like is oh, home, yeah. home a place or something you carry within you and uh i think you see francis McDormand's character uh she is a one man wolf pack like she mm-hmm. she does not want to be around anybody she has an opportunity to take care of that dog just leaves the dog like, <laughs> it was like i'm like that just shows you what type of person she starts off as mm-hmm. but as the as the movie progresses as you see this nomad community right how it's tight knit how they do have a sense of belonging and they all feel like they're outcast in society. And like, they mm-hmm. feel like, Hey, we can still accomplish things together, even though we don't live this structured lives, these structured lives that other people do that everyone else does really. So I thought it was cool to see her open up throughout the movie, but a judgment I had about this movie, there was not a plot. There was no plot. It was to a this documentary. Movie. It
2: wasn't really a plot. Yeah, yeah,
0: I know, but it's not a documentary. It I wasn't know. even like I, a mockumentary. Yeah. It's like it was just there was no plot to it. Like they just like uh, like it, what? It, first of all, like I get it. The scenery is great, and there it really wasn't that exhilarating to watch. I don't think anyone who saw this would say that. But I think we gotta have to admit, like, d- uh, like who would you rather watch, Judas and the Black Messiah, or are you gonna watch Nomadland again? Right. So in terms of like, if yeah, I, I mean. I wouldn't. Like, I, w- I wouldn't watch this movie again. It was boring Is it's this an of-
2: unrewatchable, Dr. O? <laughs> it's your it, blog it's series? Nearly. But
0: I think what saves the movie a little bit is that they're telling all these different stories. They keep the, the story going, even though you don't really know where it's going <laughs> the entire big, time.
2: pleasing they as well. They talk
0: about these different jobs. Like, they're always on the move and things like that. Um, I don't know what you guys thought about the plot. I think that really stuck out to me, though. Flix, I know you're pretty big on that stuff.
2: Yeah. So, th- I, I agree that they're... Like there wasn't a prota, like obviously she's the protagonist, but there wasn't an antagonist. There wasn't really a story that she's going against, right? And I think a Just big going thing with was,
0: the flow, which is kind of the lifestyle. I guess, that's like the point of the,
2: but the, yeah, exactly. That's like the point of the movie though, and I feel like that has yeah. a strong effect on the audience, particularly with me. And I felt like everything kind of intertwined with that. I feel I felt like Chloe Zhao did a terrific job directing this because everything felt like it was going with that perfectly, very soundly, and. Right it
0: did kind of like work,
2: yeah. let, let me just drop this on you, doctor o for example for an example so the nomad community she like oh she like went back to them that guy that lost like the head of the nomad community um he was on like the youtube videos or whatever and like uh in the beginning of the movie um Francis McDormand's friends, like, oh, we should go see this guy. And that's what brought her to the community. And, and she and decides to go. Yes, yeah. but she doesn't stay. And she ref- goes back to them at, near the end, but then doesn't stay with them again at the end. See you down the road. Yeah, it's always see you down the road. It's never stay within the community. And ever since she lost her husband, lost her town, and ever since then, she just decided, all right, like, I have my home. That's my van. That's why I paid the 2500 bucks when it's only worth less than five grand to get it fixed instead of buying another five grand new brand new van. Right. Mm-hmm. It's about home and about herself going along the journey. That's why, like, I think the plot in this movie doesn't necessarily need to work as well as we we see in other movies. So that's just answering your question directly. And I think another point is that like her jobs, if you look at her jobs, like she has a seasonal job at Amazon. She only works there around Christmas time, like the winter time. And then she works like other these odd jobs and it doesn't work at some points because she has enough money and like stuff like that. So it's just like, it's never grounded for her. The story's very grounded in the nomad community, but just she's never a part of anything. And I think that's the whole point of the movie.
0: I agree with the aspect. And I kind of like convinced myself to listening to you, like listening to you where, it didn't have to have a plot because it's kind of showing how these people they they don't have structure in their own lives. Like it's the whole point. So I agree with you there, but are we going to address the fact this was like an Amazon commercial?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was confused as to how they were able to actually get Amazon. Uh, Dude, this wasn't even released logo. by
0: prime and I was doing some research and there's a lot of stuff that's come out where Amazon, like they, that's this, this, uh program they have for people without homes. Like this is re- obviously it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're known for uh I think they've gotten like they've like I don't know if it's abuse or something but like they've gotten in trouble or there's been not a lot of protection of workers for these like nomads that end up go these refugees. That was workers, a big thing. And they can't they yeah.
1: can't afford to these people can't even afford to have a house. I and don't then, know if they want do or don't want a house, but it's like. You're paying these people, not yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. but at
0: the same time, like the first scene, he's saying like, "Yes, don't bump your head. Like, make sure you have three like air, three secure spots on the ground to make sure you're, when you're lifting things like that." It's just like mm-hmm. I think this is a huge thing where like your Amazon got in trouble for this, and they're, like they're not really attacking it at all. Like it seemed like they were just like, yeah, like we're just gonna think of Amazon as kind of this place where people get together and like all these. Uh, it's like it's like a homey location. I just didn't see that. I knew it was it caused like a good amount of an up, like an uproar online because like, hey, this is not how it is, and you guys just kind of like brushed by and made it, it seemed like an ad.
2: Mm-hmm. Personally, so
0: I thought it was weird.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like the. They definitely, it did feel like an Amazon commercial a little bit in the beginning. It just flashing and up and the didn't. bright lights. I'm, and, like, this, I'm like, is this and, an Amazon movie? And I, another thing that I'll mention, and I don't know if this is good or bad for me, it was good, is that it was at the beginning of the movie where Amazon was mentioned. And it showed, I felt like this whole movie had Western vibes, right? Very Chloe Zhao, if you think the writer and her previous films, very Western vibes, um, with the cinematography and, like I mentioned before, with um, behind-the-person shots and the zoom out where you see like the mountain ranges, right. But in the beginning, you see like the seasonal work that Francis McDormand's doing at Amazon, the corporate work, right. But throughout the movie, like she doesn't go back to Amazon. Like she's embracing the journey that is mentioned throughout, which is like a huge well, like, theme. No, with but the it's always no only- one- she just, goes back to Amazon. Job. The it's a seasonal job, right? But it doesn't. She show goes you- go back. Yeah. Well, yeah. She, you expect that she's gonna go back, right? Mm-hmm. And she will. But that's not in the movie. And I think no, the whole... it is.
0: no, it is in the movie. She did go back. She goes back. She's packaging at the end.
2: Well, I'll bet a zillion and two dollars. On no, that. no. I'm saying you're right. I just that goes away from my point. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna backtrack and say you're right. It does feel like a commercial. And <laughs> you, you know what? It didn't match <laughs> the, <laughs> the cinematography. Oh, good really old movie. reliable Amazon yeah. is there again. But no, yeah, I thought, hey, I love this movie. I think that's why I'm like kind of defending it a little bit, um, especially after the plot comment. I think I'm, that's why I'm defending it a little bit. So but you're oh, right, yeah, Doctor. I wasn't I was hating wrong. on it
0: too much. Like, I think this is a good movie. I'll even throw my score out there. I'm going with 81 out of 100. A uh, little slow at times, I think that's what was expected, but it does shine a light on a part of society that is neglected upon. I said it for the hundredth time this episode, but I think Frances McDormand saves this movie. She is so awesome. And then obviously the cinematography, the way it's shot, the style, Chloe Zhao, going to do Marvel's Eternals coming up. I'm really excited about that. This is obviously going to be an Oscar contender, right? Shining a light on uh, a, a, a portion of people that don't. Uh, aren't recognized regularly so i'm gonna go with that 81 out of 100 francis mcdormand uh, lock for a best actress nomination for sure
2: Mm -hmm. i'll go next uh for me it's 91 91 i think for me personally a plot so like dr o mentioned it before plot is usually what i usually look at first but for this i feel i feel like a, a no plot really matched this movie and Great cinematography. I'm really have high hopes for Chloe's out with Eternals, where it's going to be in space probably a lot, so a lot of cinematography there. So I'm really hopeful for that as well. Great performances all around. As Seacock, like I mentioned, um, David David Stratham. I can't pronounce his last name. I thought he was terrific in this. Maybe we see him in more films coming up. I mentioned he was in 2012's Lincoln with Daniel Day Lewis as a major part in that, but. Also, a good score in this movie. I felt the score was very good in this yeah, movie. Yeah, me too. I made, it was. I good. made sure I wrote that down, um, but I wanted to say that. And again, like the themes, like around community, grief, the nomad life, uncertainty, and the just focusing on the journey. I really felt like those stuck struck home for me in this documentary style real movie, a feel. So I I felt like it was successful in the end. Ninety one for me.
1: Yeah, before I before I give my score, I do want to say this movie did make me. You know, emotional. Like I wasn't like crying, but I was just like, you know, my my heart was kind of warmed at certain parts. Uh, that being said, I'm never going to watch this movie again. It was so slow. I'm giving it a 68. I I just I can't, I'll never watch Fair that movie way. ever <laughs> again. It was so slow. It was so I. It was kind of boring. But I feel like Chloe
0: Zhao did the best she could, like in making it. Like it's
2: hard. To it her passion. They, the way that they shot project. it. Yeah,
1: exactly. The way that they shot it. I mean, it, it was. It's not supposed to be a fast paced one thing to the next. Like. It's supposed to pace the way it does, but But it's not my cup of tea.
0: Right. And I was like, they're going to like story, different story, different story, trying to give like all these perspectives rather than just having, uh, I mean, like honestly, one of the most exciting parts of the movie is when a plate breaks, you know, like it's
2: like. But you felt felt that. You felt that. No, I didn't
0: feel that. I didn't feel that. No. I felt bad for the guy that dropped I felt bad for the guy that that was actually emotional for her. I, I think you should have done better than a plate.
1: I felt bad for the guy that dropped.
2: That's it. all they have, though. That's the whole point. There's no, n- they don't have was, anything in their van.
0: You, like, she has anything more sentimental than a plate? She did live no, an entire life no with a family. That's the
1: point. Of she that. lived an
0: entire life with a family. She's another another momenta? moment, like another picture object, pictures, object, pictures, that object in like pictures. I felt, pictures. I felt, I felt. I mean, what did you feel more when she's staring at the picture of her husband, or when she breaks a plate? Probably the when she's staring plate. at the, the picture. The music dropped.
2: Like you felt what? it. No, as,
1: the as music didn't really drop. Mad. Okay. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> I love it. The music was all hey, about the passion. It. You're so passionate about this. It. Why like, are you so passionate? I, I just feel like really this was a very well directed and wrote,
2: written film. I really liked the movie. I just, I do agree with you, though. Like, I don't know. I'll probably rewatch this a couple more times, maybe once or twice throughout my life because of the performances and the actual story. Like, I feel like this was just very well done. I just, again, like, there's no plot to it. So you're not going to rewatch this since there's no plot. So mm. I agree with you on that. So yeah, boring. but you have to like give it credit when credits do. Like it was, I think I do think it was that good.
1: No, I think I, you know, I like I, I think I always say this, and I think I say this every time we do a review. It, and you know, I judge a lot of movies on the the capacity to, you know, make you feel something. And it did make me feel something. It also told the story of uh of people that don't get their their stories really told. That you know, it honestly opened me up to a uh, a part of society that I had no idea really existed. Right. Um, and it made me feel for them and it made me like, uh, understand them a little bit better, but the movie itself is just so slow for a person like me. I just can't, I won't, I won't be watching yeah, understandable. it. Understandable. <laughs> understandable. All right. Well, I mean, any last comments before I go ahead and throw it over for top billing? Cause we got some things to. Big top to, 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 to battle over. We got a big battle. All right. Big that concludes our review. Uh, and I'm going to throw it over to Ricky Flick's for top billing.
2: Thanks, Ness. All right. This is probably the hardest top billing we've ever done here. We have a top billing inspired by a review of Nomadland and Francis McDormand's performance, a notably known underrated actress in Hollywood. Probably not anymore, but we have the top billing of underrated things in film, okay? So we're going to do categories for this draft. So you have one movie, one actor, one actress, one director, and one movie scene. Again, movies. Once an option is picked it is off the board, no repeats allowed. And now a couple of rules to go into this as well on top of the categories. If you can't pick anyone that's dead, Okay. So, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, he is dead, cannot pick him. Al Rickman, dead, cannot pick him. And once a movie is picked, you can't pick a movie scene from that movie and vice versa. Okay? If you pick a movie scene, that's you can't pick that movie, anybody, all three of us. And again, for a, a vote to, or a, a, a thing to get vetoed, two people have to veto it. Any questions?
1: No, I'm ready. I'm excited. I just – I only pick I, – honestly, I only have one scene on my big board, and I hope nobody – <laughs> praying. All right. So we're ready to get hope, into it. I,
0: I just hope mine's oh. underrated. Like I feel like some of the yeah. People might not think they're underrated. That's the right?
1: biggest thing about this entire draft. It's going to be how do we define underrated, but we'll figure
2: it out. We'll find it out. Who's going up first? So we have determined the draft order in advance. The first pick goes to myself, Ricky Flick's. Second pick goes to Dr. Rowe. And the third pick is Nez. So I will start us off for the top billing of underrated things in film. Again, Nez, it's, it's like that, like what is underrated? Like, I think a lot of people think forgotten is the same thing as underrated for me personally. I think there are two separate things. Mm -hmm. And for the number one overall pick, I want to pick the best underrated thing in film. And it's approaching the drive category in my eyes where It's about to enter the category of not underrated anymore, but it still is. And it's Good Time, the 2017 film (laughs) by from the Safdie brothers. (laughs) Oh, you kidding me? And Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson absolutely kills it. You're picking Good Time, though. Good Time is my pick for the first overall pick. So it's a movie. Movie, movie is my pick. Okay. But Robert Pattinson is in the movie. He is the star of this movie, of uh, the Safety Brothers directed. Uh, I believe Benny Safty it plays his brother. They, it's a bank heist that has gone wrong. The Safty brother is arrested, and Robert Pattinson is trying to save him, uh, as in uh, like make him escape from the hospital where because he had it was physically injured in jail. It is an exhilarating, anxious, nervous feel throughout. Really gets you. You're You're really focused on it the entire time. You don't know. You're on edge. You're on the edge of your seat. Literally, there's happy things that happen, sad things that happen. There's surprising things that happen that you had no idea that was going to happen. It is an insane thrill ride, better than any roller coaster you've ever been on, and you're just watching a screen. Good time. 2017 film.
0: This is BS, bro. This is why I wanted the first pick. I I had four different parts of this movie that I was going to pick. And so, what if the you picked Good Time? What can I do? So I can't pick a scene in Good Time, and I can't pick an actor in Good Time,
2: right? Oh, you can't pick a scene. You can pick an actor. You 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 can actress. You can't pick a scene.
0: Dude, like I, this is why I wanted the number one pick. I knew you were gonna do this, and I wanted to take it from you. And I also love this movie; it is so damn good. And it's going, it's almost getting your right to that drive territory where drive is like no longer
2: underrated.
0: Everyone loves that damn. Movie. Didn't
2: mean to tease a pick. My fault. Yeah. On that. No, one, it's, By
0: the way. Yeah, but no, no, but it's it's okay. I, I was not gonna pick that just because it's people to are point. starting to it's realize it's all over it. Twitter. It's all over Twitter. You know.
2: Yeah, and I think, so I've told this to Dr. O, and as I'm telling you now, I think Good Time should have been nominated for a Best best Picture, and arguably should have won for this year. This year included Shape of Water, which won. 2018, yeah. Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Three Billboards, which I, I thought was the best movie of the of the year. Phantom Thread, Phantom Thread, The Post, Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird, and Get Out.
0: Call Me By Your Name was a great movie.
2: Yeah. Those three, get, uh, sorry, Call Me By Your Name, Get Out, Three Billboards, I think those are the three best movies to go along with Good Time. I think it was criminally underrated in this year, which is why I think it was not nominated for anything. Get it on my board, My number one, the number one overall pick for this draft. Dr. Rowe, it's off to you.
0: You know what? I think I'm going to get what I want in the second round. I'm going to go with an actor and it's an older actor and I think he's never gotten his due and he's one of the all-time greats. I'm going to go with Robert Duvall as an actor in terms of underrated. So Robert Duvall goes back to, to Kill a Mockingbird. I remember yes. in eighth grade we're watching Boo Radley. Uh, I mean, we obviously have him as the consigliere, right? In Godfather 1 and 2. We could go, I mean, I'm looking at his filmography right here. Joe Kidd. Uh, apocalypse Now. We got the natural. He's an all time great. And he is sometimes not grouped in that same, like, he's in the same era as like Brando, right? And Pacino, De Niro. And he kind of gets slept on. And I think I even like, if I'm looking at him now, like, even the judge even though it has that poop scene, I trying, I, that is abysmal with Robert Downey Jr. Like I, I, he got nominated for an Oscar for that one. I will never forget him as a young kitty kicking and screaming. Uh, four Christmases is even hilarious. I, I, That's what
2: I was going to mention, Four Christmases. I,
0: he, I think, Crazy Heart, like this guy has had an unreal career and it's been going on for like four or five, well, literally, well, we're going six decades. And I think he's so much slept on. So I'm going to go Robert Duvall as my first overall pick.
2: Yeah, I think anything he's in, he's good himself. But I do think he suffers from the old man woman syndrome where he just picks like anything that someone asks him to be in, he goes in. And I think that suffers on his resume. But I think that's a great pick. I think it's under the radar because everyone thinks he's good, but everyone forgets about him. But again, that's the Always. distinction between the forgets era. and underrated. So in so the same good era. Yeah, un- unbelievable in the
0: Godfather. Yes, so it's good. just so
2: tough to go against Al Pacino, arguably the GOAT, or Mar- Marlon Brando, arguably the GOAT.
0: Right. But uh, yeah, sorry, Robert Duvall.
2: All right, Nez. But head to head with Dicka. <laughs> Nez. Yeah, head to head with Dicka. Oh my God. Kicking, excuse me, reference. All right, Nez, your first and second picks here.
1: Oh, man. Where do I go? Where do I go? I think I'm going to go with my actress. Um, and maybe this is recency bias. Um, but this is this person, I think, is is one of my personal favorites. Uh, and it, it could be because I've been watching WandaVision. But I'm going to go with Catherine Hahn. I think she is. She is that's electric. Good. She is magnetic on the screen. And she's also dynamic. Right. So she's very funny. And that's what we know her for. Right. But she can also be very dramatic. She can really sell it. And did you know she, she actually did the voice for Doc Ock in uh, Into the Spider-Verse? Right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that actually until mm-hmm. till I was doing my research here. Um, she is one of my favorite actresses. I think she's hilarious. Uh, and yeah, that, that was my – she's my underrated pick.
0: You know, it, I can't tease this pick, but I'm going to compare when we do with this it. draft. When, when we compare this when we uh, talk about this draft, I feel like so it's going to be drafted here. She reminds me of somebody, but uh, I think she's awesome. And you hit it right before she's going to become like properly rated. Like oh, yeah. this is this is like a, her breakout role, and she's like f- like forty years old, which is Vying cool to see. Now, yeah. I always love these stories, these people that grind like till they're their forties, and like finally they get their big break, and then they kill it. Yeah. So. Uh, Great, great pick.
2: I think you're gonna get votes, especially on like on the graphic on Twitter. Like, is extremely popular right now. They see Catherine Hans just like Damn, it was she's a great in that
0: all along.
2: <laughs> but uh, also, one last thing before you go to your next pick, Nez. I love her in Step Brothers. Unreal. Oh, com- she's so fun. Unbelievable. And Bad Moms. And Bad Moms.
1: She's hilarious. <laughs> bad Moms. That's what we know. She's like we know her as like a comedy actress, but she's but she's better than that. Yeah. Yeah. She's done. She's done a lot, and she her watch in WandaVision. Her character is about to. Uh, it's about to be crazy.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, your second pick, Ness. My
1: second pick here, and this one I don't know how you guys are gonna feel about this. I'm going with director here. And uh, this is somebody that I think is an underrated director. I'm going with John Favreau. Wow.
0: Okay. I'm, I don't know. I don't, dude, he's Mandalorian. I don't know. He's pretty massive. Iron Man. I don't know, I, man. He's elf, massive. Jungle Book. Okay. Dude, okay. He's but, so
1: massive. Okay. 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 But if we did like a top billing of the top five uh, directors out today, he like, wouldn't be no, Nobody would no, put no, John Favreau on it. No. Nobody would put him on it. But he does put out extremely good content. He puts out really good stuff. And but he's an I actor. It's not even, like, the only thing he does. The only <laughs>
2: reason why I'm considering <laughs> if there was a no Mandalorian, is because I'd do of the it. Mandalorian. Yeah. The Mandalorian mm. is, like, uh, like, you think WandaVision's good. Like, well, like Mandalorian. Like that's his Mandalorian's
1: movie. a massive hit. It's a massive Mandalorian hit. Mandalorian kicks right. WandaVision's ass. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's also television. So, like, I kind of put that down, like, a little bit. Right? Like... Like yeah. would, would you put say all right, Dave and DB from from Game of Thrones are they all time directors? But dude,
2: like John no, Favreau but is they, the re- he,
1: he launched the MCU.
2: And yeah, I, was, I was about to say with Iron, Iron Man. Respons-
1: John Favreau is responsible for the uh, MCU or he, Iron he, he, Man. He's the one who cast Robert Downey
0: Jr. He and had and it pers- he Iron Man Two. He had yeah. to right,
1: persuade yeah.
2: Marvel to say cast this man.
1: I'm I'm just saying if you were to make your list of your top directors out today, he a lot of people would 20. leave John Favreau out.
2: Richie just think, said top
1: I twenty. Think, that you just made next point. That's his point. Exactly. Exactly. I think I that would he say he's top ten. He could crazy. be. He could be. That's why he's underrated.
2: Not top uh, ten. I I, not top I, I guess like
0: the thing is like, we can't really. Um, I wanted to veto picks before, but you can't really veto picks because there's people's opinions, and if they don't, yeah, think, agree. if They don't think it's true. Like, but at the same time, people are gonna be like, "Oh, that person's better than that person." You
2: know, I, that's why I'm. I agree. I'm.
0: We're, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place with this.
2: Yes, I agree. I don't think you can veto this type of pick. Especially what I just said, because I'm going to stick true. He's definitely not top 10 for me. I don't think he's... like He might be top 15, but... I think he's definitely top not. 10 for, me. for me, definitely not. But um, I honestly... I won't say good pick, but I won't say bad pick either, because I really like him a lot. Uh, and also, I just true reviewed Chef maybe. on the blog series, so I think that movie's unbelievable. So...
0: Underrated actor, too. If you took him as an actor... If you took him as an actor, oh, that would have been
2: unbelievable. But the, he is now off the board. Nez, your are uh, Sorry, Dr. Rowe, your second pick.
0: Safty Brothers. Safty Brothers is my underrated director's pick. Uncut Gems, Good Time. They got the deal with HBO. They're creating this type of film that people are becoming addicted to. These fast-paced, sweated-out thrillers. And they're casting really talented actors. Such as obviously Ricky Flicks said with Good Time, Sandler and Uncut Gems, there are stars in the making, and we forget Benny Safdie is a kick-ass actor as well in Good Time. So I'm glad I could take this pick. I was afraid since Ricky Flicks took Good Time, I wouldn't be able to take it. And as to go with Good Time, I can't take a scene, right? So I can mention this.
2: Yes, because you already took the movie. You can. I can't take a scene. No, no, you can't take a Good right. Time scene.
0: So I when I wanted the first overall pick because I wanted to take, I wanted to choose between. Like good time the movie, and then the scene where Pattinson is saying, "I'm better than you with his accent yeah. to um uh to that the co- the, the big time drug addict at the yeah. end, so I wanted that scene bad, but uh too bad. Should have have number one pick. I'm gonna go Saki brothers
2: so if I didn't pick good time, that would have been my director's pick for the record. I think that's an unbelievable pick. I just for since I already have good time. Even if that got back to me, I wouldn't have picked it because I already had good time. I felt like just too heavy on the A twenty four and everything going. They're there. on the cusp of greatness. I think. Yeah, I think they're right there, and I think everyone knows about them, but I don't think anyone sees them as like that top ten director, like top ten directors right now. So I think that's a good pick. Thank you. But all right, it's off to me. I have a snake here. This is what I was worried about when I got the number one overall pick. Is that number one? I thought. All right, I had to pick a movie, or I had to pick something that's like the most underrated thing in Hollywood. Like that is underrated and just not, not up. Like people aren't giving it the credit it's due. So I, that's what I picked with good time. Now the two and three is where it's just like crap. We all probably have huge big boards or just completely different big boards. I don't know what to pick, but number two I do know what to pick, and it goes actor, and it's Paul Dano. Paul Dano nice is unbelievable. Pick. Damn it. He is unbelievable, folks. He he's going to be a Riddler, so maybe or maybe not the big bad, the big villain in the next Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. That hurts my case. But then again, it might not be the big bad. So I just want to put that out there. Put my like put what you guys might say. Put that out there and say I acknowledge it. Yes. But he hasn't been in a lot of movies since Okja, which is phenomenal, and he is phenomenal in a Bong Joon-ho movie since 2017. He has been off the radar for so long. He's been doing these television series, these specials, television specials. I don't know why he's doing that because he was phenomenal in Love and Mercy, the Beach Boys movies movie where he and John Cusack shared the main role. I, I think that was one of the best performances of that year as well. And he is an up-and-coming actor that rivals Robert Pattinson in my eyes. I think him and Robert Pattinson are two of the most, and, and, and Charlemagne are like three of the most like popular actors going right now that are under 35. I think they're phenomenal. I'm looking forward to him as the Riddler. And Paul Dano, I think, is very underrated in my eyes. Hasn't done a lot of movies in a while. That's my second pick. Uh,
0: that, that's the best pick so far, in my opinion. And you're right before he's about to be in a Batman movie. So it's like the yep. perfect time to pick him. It's, it's perfect. Mm-hmm.
2: But he's I, like... Him Sorry, in um,
0: uh, There Will Be Blood It's just insane to watch. Him yes, and Daniel, Daniel yes. Lewis, like, it's like they, they like, sort of go toe-to-toe. Daniel Day-Lewis is Daniel Day-Lewis. But it was, of course. Uh, it was fantastic to watch. I'm, I'm a big fan of that pick.
2: Mm-hmm. There Will Be Blood, again, like unbelievable. T- Paul Thomas Anderson movie. He was phenomenal in that. Phenomenal. But okay, so it goes to my third pick. Now this is where I'm nervous because this is where I think in my eyes it opens up. I don't think anyone's going to take... Like I'm comfortable taking any of my actresses on my big board, so I'm going to leave that to the next next time I'm up. Directors, I really don't think anyone's going to pick my number my number one director on my big board. So I'm going to go scene. I'm going to be the first one to go scene here. I'm going to go catch me if you can the scene in the hotel room when Tom Hanks barrels into the hotel room and it says like looking for Leo, and Leo comes out of the bathroom calm, cool, collective, and says he's Barry Allen and he's a part of the Secret service. Yeah. I think that scene is where the movie just goes on another level than uh, any other than other like other and when you think Spielberg movies you think of that like that one scene where it's like, okay, you get out of that first act and you're jumping into." a quick race to the climax. That's the scene in that movie for me. I think Frank Abrake in that movie, Leo so young, but so poised, comical cool, collective against the Tom Hanks, who just was coming off less than three years uh, earlier, back to back Oscars for best actors, but uh, for best actor, I think he was showing up saying, this is my, like I'm about to break out next year became the uh, in James Cameron's Titanic. That scene's unbelievable tense compelling and it shows the great writing as well and i love that movie and that scene for me i think you think of a lot of other scenes in that movie but that one's underrated for me
0: good scene it's a it's a great moment in a movie that's like uh it's a fun leo movie everyone takes leo's movie so seriously oh leo's in this movie it's like just watching how good of an actor he is that one's like let's go on for the ride you know i guess once upon a time also had that feel to it but uh I, I like to pick a lot. I like Tom Hanks in that movie. I like his chemistry with Leo and uh Spielberg. Very nice movie, Barry Allen. That was a nice little touch there.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. And that, like that that's what drives like Tom and Hanks, Tom to Hanks actually... is kind of a dope for not knowing. Right. And like you see the the part where Leo like calls out to the car to like the person he you just saw like 5 minutes or 5 seconds earlier. Like Leo's friend from the hotel is like, "Hey, like, like saying that like, he's a suspect, like call the LAPD, get him down here ASAP and stuff like that. Like, I think that played a huge part with Tom Hanks' character down the road, which played a huge part in the plot overall and the eventual conversations over the phone that they have together, which is a, such an instrumental part of the movie. So for me, it might not look great on the graphic, but for me, a very underrated scene that is hits home for me. So a little bit of a personal pick, catch me if you can Barry Allen scene. Now, Dr. Rowe, your third pick.
0: I want to go scene. Uh no, no, I was going to pick my scene. But uh, let me, let's see here. I think I will go movie. I think I'm going to go The Prestige for underrated. On uh, my big board. Uh, I think that's not a Nolan movie people think of. They bring up the Dark Knight trilogy. They bring up Interstellar. They talk about uh even just tenant right now. The prestige is kind of lost. And they even talk about memento more than the prestige. And the prestige, the first time I saw it, blew my mind. And it was I said this as one of the best endings to any movie I've ever seen in my life. And the amount of twists in the final third of that movie, it'll put you in a pretzel, but it'll make you just want to keep watching. It's not like, oh my God, there's too many twists here. It's more of uh like, this is just phenomenal. Like, it's more of, I want more, I want more. I was going to pick a scene from this movie. I'm kind of regretting I didn't do it because it's, I don't, I, I kind of don't want to give away the movie. The too, movie the itself is too. underrated.
2: So, if you picked any scene from this movie, I feel yeah. like it would have been good no matter what the scene was. And so, yeah. I think that was a good option. I'm not going to give
0: away the scene, but like, the big twist is this a such a scene where like you say out loud, oh my God. And so, the prestige. Underrated Nolan film. I think we even kept it out of our top five when we did our top billing way back when, right? We made a deal with the devil, right? We we said we we're going to include Dunkirk instead of, uh, The Prestige. So that's my pick, The
2: Prestige. We had to make that trade, but I love the pick. I love the pick. It's one of it's. it's for me personally, my second favorite Nolan movie. So, like, I love the pick. All
0: right, that's me. I'm all right. Nez. That
2: On the snake, you have your third and fourth picks here. All right, this might be another controversial pick. I'm a little worried,
1: but I think I'm okay because we left it off our top billing of music movie scenes. Nobody, nobody picked it. Nobody, I don't think. So I'm gonna go with the ex Machina. That's my scene. I on my big board as yeah. under underrated underrated movie scene I, I had to watch it like three times after after putting this on my big board i, I had to go back and watch that scene it's so in sync i want to practice and do that with like people in the club like that's a fire scene that's a fire yeah. dance scene and i'm also when i was watching i was like how did we leave this off our music movie like music movie scene top billing yeah, it's so short. That's
0: why. It's like he doesn't do it for that long, but it's yeah. electric when he does it.
1: Oh, it's so great. It's so great. They're in sync. That song, Get Down Saturday Night. Oh, fire. Fire. Is that so George Benson? Good. Is that George Be- I don't know. Get Down Saturday Night. Fire. Fire.
0: Oscar Isaac, our golden boy.
2: Uh, oh, I like yeah. Wow. I had,
1: I had Ex Machina as an underrated movie on my
0: big board.
2: That was also wow. my big board for movie, but that scene was my number three on my big board for underrated mm-hmm. scenes, so... All I love right. that well, pick. I'm glad that we can we can come to agreement on that one. And
1: now, now I have another controversial pick because I've been I've been citing this actor as uh an underrated actor uh for the past two podcasts. But I think as of last week, I don't know if he's still underrated anymore. Yep. Uh oh so I'm talking about Lakeith Stanfield. Okay. Who I mentioned as an underrated actor uh two podcasts ago and last podcast um, now that he's been a lead in a role on uh, you know in in a big movie I don't know like what are we saying here can we call him can we call him a, a, a underrated still Well it's your I pick, think I think boy. his work I think his hey. work is incredible I think he I think his body of work is amazing so far but I think he, just now he's starting to get kind of recognized for it I think if you pick I think this- he deserves a lot more lead roles too
2: Yeah so I think uh what was that Valentines movie last year photograph Um, That he starred in, I came out last Valentine's Day, I believe. I think that was like the first time I was like, all right, like he's kind of like hitting that after underrated like uh, time Mm. as an actor. And after Sorry to you, I think that was like the part where it's like, oh, this guy's on the come up, look out for him. But he's underrated because he's that good. But you're not because his resume isn't like up to snuff. You're not mm-hmm. going to give him that, but this past movie with Judas and the Black Messiah, even though I don't think he was phenomenal like a Daniel Kaluuya was, I thought he was good you know, in like a underwritten role, like I mentioned. Right. Yeah. I feel like that puts him in like a good, like a he that's, is a very so good that's actor. That's so. That's what I'm saying.
1: It's like very. It's. I think he's very close. I think we might. He might just I, be there. I agree. But like I look at because I look at his performances and like his performance in Get Out, it's very small but very good. Um,
2: Andre, right? In yeah.
1: uh, In uh, Adam Sandler.
2: Yeah, uncut gems. Sorry, uncut gems. Sorry, was a big attention. He's great
1: in uncut gems. Right, like, yep. He's great in 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 every single every single role he does. And
2: now he's getting great. lead roles. And now that's he. Like so that's thing.
1: what I'm saying. He he didn't really have a ton of lead roles. A lot of the, the roles I'm talking about, besides Sorry to Bother You, are, um, you know, they're they're kind of they're major not now. That, they're not that big. So mm-hmm. he just had this big lead role in a big movie. So maybe you could say he's. uh He's, he's not underrated, but that's my pick for underrated actors because I think he's I think he's like a top five. He was
0: awesome three. in Uncut Gems. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. He, was awesome. yeah, he, was yeah, great, he was great, right? He was great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about it right now. I want to rewatch that movie. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters.
1: All right. Uh, well, that's my uh, round Fire four pick, so, yeah. Dr. O, you're fourth.
0: I'm going to go with someone, an actress, that is one of the biggest box office actresses of all time that has never gotten her due. And I think it is time that she's given her due. And that's Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana is one of the most underrated action stars that have ever lived. She's a part of three, I believe, of the top five grossing movies of all time. All right. Uh, Avengers, obviously. Endgame Infinity War. Avatar. She's also in the uh, Curse of the Black Pearl franchise. Pirates of the Caribbean. She's in Star Trek. She is. What else is she in? I got her filmography right up here, too. She's gonna be in the next. Um, well, she's in Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously. with have another movie coming out. She is. She's in the. Uh, she's gonna be in the next David O. Russell project. So she's going outside of her, I guess, comfort zone, which would be these blockbuster movies. The Adam Project, which is Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo. I would like to see her do more um, roles that are, I guess, challenging and like uh, almost like those uh, critical acclaim, like potential that it could have. I guess the Adam project is a start, but she is a blockbuster action star that has never gotten her due compared to everybody else. Right. And I I think that goes without saying.
2: Yeah, I I actually did think about taking this person. I just don't think that, like she's not like outside of like blockbuster films such as Star Trek and Guardians and Avatar, where you don't even really see her face in Avatar, and she's gonna be in five of those films she's a, going she's all like the way to twenty twenty eight. She's the
0: lead actress in that movie. I know, I
2: know, I know. But those are all blockbuster like action movies. As a, just a drama actor, I just didn't want to pick someone Avatar like that. nominated
0: for best picture.
2: It, but it's terrible in my opinion. I don't think it's a very good movie. Um, but You've that's just my opinion. Takes. Yeah, but uh, I'm just saying I love her personally. She's on my big board. I just – I wasn't going to pick her because – Three
0: of the top four grossing movies of all time. Not because of her though.
2: No? Not because of her and she's not even close to being – But
0: she is a central role in the one that was number one. Guys, she had, had a just, central role in it.
2: You guys just go and add it on today.
1: But like God. Chris like, Pratt is a steak. huge reason.
2: Underrated. Cooper, so it's someone that no one thinks of.
0: Go- you think of. You think of action stars. In the world, lead yeah. like lead, actresses in the world, right? i think Action of three stars. people ahead you of her in her own movie. You don't think exactly why she's underrated. She's in three of the top five of all time. Yeah, but I'll think and of three she has a people lead role ahead of her in her own, own movie. How does that not make sense?
2: I'll think of three people ahead of her in her own
1: movie. I, I Action stars, like
0: underrated, go ahead.
1: I feel like I feel like Molly Karib right now, you guys, he guys, he guys. He guys like, he shrugs. You can't guys. name one.
0: What do you mean? You can't
2: name one. She name made, one. She's not even the Action top star. Three of underrated. Wrong underrated. Same three in movie. Brandy Cooper, D. Bautista, and and Chris Pratt. Are underrated all above her More famous. Hey, Ricky. Actress is the category. Name it. Oh my God. You're you just me? named all men. Well, I, I was talking about the same movie. Well, That's I why. Name I, one. No, I'm saying she's on my big board, but my the reason why I didn't pick her is because if she's not even the biggest in her own movie. She doesn't deserve to be my first pick for underrated actress. If all she has is action doesn't have roles. to be your pick. That's your pick. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. So shut up.
2: Yeah. Okay. But on my big board. <laughs> That's how it gets settled. A bit. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, my yeah. next pick is a place. lot better than that. It's called Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara is overshadowed by her partner Joaquin, who right just got an list. Oscar. Hmm. Rooney Mara is going to be in a little film called Nightmare alley which is going to which was on dr O's, i believe most anticipated films of 2021 uh for our top billing a couple weeks ago and she's unbelievable girl in the dragon chat too she was unbelievable in that uh david fincher film that daniel craig also starred in but she kind of stole the spotlight a little bit from him in that movie because of her eccentric character and i thought she was terrific in that and she was also in her (laughs) which joaquin is also in And they weren't dating at the time, but I think that was interesting. And she was also in the social network. I mentioned this on last week's pod when she was Mark Zuckerberg's uh, girlfriend in that as well. Mm -hmm. Rooney Mara, I really think, I know a lot of people think of Kate Mara because she was in a Mark Wahlberg movie and uh, The Sniper. So, but Rooney Mara is the talented Mara. She is unbelievable. She's been nominated for an Oscar. She is terrific. I'm going to go with her.
1: That's a good pick. I'm a big fan. Okay, pick. There's a reason I didn't take her.
2: Uh, she's actually been nominated for two Oscars. If I yes, have you seen on. Carol? Have you yeah, seen it? I didn't even it's mention that. It's more boring than Nomadland. Oh. But she's also in Girl in the Dragon. You have she have not she, seen she can, Unlike Zoe Zaldana, she could do action and drama and be nominated for an Oscar. She was in one action unlike Zoe movie. Zaldana. She was
0: in one action movie. And then she was in and she be nominated for, for it. She was, but she was a social not, network for five
2: years. And minutes. she was nominated for an Oscar for an action movie, unlike Zoe Zaldana. And she was nominated for an actress. For you think she could an she's uh, a better for action Oscar star for than A non action movie. Not a,
0: you think, I don't think Girl the Dragon 2 that's a thriller. It's not an action movie. It's a thriller. Moving on. My fifth that. pick
2: is left is director. And I'm picking Bennett Miller. Bennett Miller, small, small, small filmography. Yes, I do say. But he's directed four movies. And one of them, documentary. And he's done a bunch of video shorts. But Capote was his first one. That best actor for Philip Hoffman. I know Ness is laughing because he picked that last week. Moneyball. Yes, Aaron Sorkin. But I do think that... He Ericsson also have, had help with that. And I think that Bennett Miller really contributed to that as well. And also Foxcatcher, which could be picked by somebody here. Uh, I think Nez is the only one that could pick it. But I think that is also an underrated movie. I think that was phenomenal. Steve Carell was also phenomenal in that. And Mark Ruffalo, unbelievable movie. And he's coming out with a new Christmas Carol. And you only do new Christmas Carols because there's been so many of them if they're good. And if Bennett Miller's at the helm and, uh, What's his name? Tom, uh, Tom Stopper Stopper is writing it and he's been nominated for two Oscars and he's won for Shakespeare in Love. And that was obviously best picture in that controversial year that we all know about from the Weinstein uh, company that we won't go get into, but he's going to be writing it. That's going to be a phenomenal film coming out soon. So Bennett Miller is my pick for director. All right, Dr. O, you fifth. Uh,
1: Nick, Nick, you're muted. Naz, you're muted.
2: Oh, missed you. There we go.
1: Here I am. Sorry. Love that pick. Love Moneyball. That's one of my favorite movies.
0: Speaking of Moneyball, favorite scene, right? This is going to be my underrated scene right here.
1: Trade deadline scene. Trade
0: Mm -hmm. deadline scene, Jonah Hill, uh, uh, for Ricardo Cohn with, uh, Billy Bean, right? Brad Pitt, uh, probably the most electric scene of the movie. Um, a lot of people just talk about how good of a movie it is in my opinion. Uh, I think that is the scene that kind of like got Jonah Hill and Oscar, right? A lot of the, the passion he has in that role is exemplifying that scene. And he goes from that quiet guy and he's making that transition. To like I, I'm a major player in terms of the, uh, the business side of baseball. And it's just iconic, obviously with the fist clench, I'm going to go with the trade deadline scene as my underrated
1: scene. Very cool, very cool. I um, I wouldn't say that's the most electric. The winning streak scene is definitely the most electric, but we're talking about under, under underrated scenes. So the trade deadline, I think, counts as an underrated scene. So I, I think that's a safe a safe pick there.
2: See, um, I think this is where we were talking about in the beginning, what's underrated. That scene and also so the scene winning, before the season, uh, the scene before the season when they're talking about replacing Giambi. Those two scenes, the trade deadline scene and replacing Giambi, Mm. I don't see it as underrated at all. I think those are are like amazing scenes and like very well known as amazing scenes. So I think this pick is like not underrated, but it's on the graphic. I think it is. 100%. At all. But okay.
1: Nez, your last pick. All right. So we've gotten some really, really good stuff here, right, guys? I mean, look at all these artistic, great movies, actors, actresses, movie scenes, and directors. My last pick is going to be for an underrated movie. And I'm doing this based off of a personal quarrel that I have with Rotten Tomatoes over this. Ranking it at a measly 29%. Hook deserves the respect. Okay? Rufio is an all-time character. Okay? I grew up off that movie. Hook deserves some respect. Put some respect on Hook's name. That's all I'm saying. Underrated. I haven't seen that in so long. It's great. I haven't seen seen it in a while either, and I'm vouching for it. I
0: just think of Dustin Hoffman as uh, Captain Hook. That's what I think of every time. Oh, my
2: God. (laughs) I just think of Robin Williams for obvious reasons. Killing it. Killing it. Great in that role. Oh, my God. Did not see that coming. But that rounds out our top billing. Before we do honorable mentions, I'm just going to read off the list. Ricky Flicks has good time. Paul Dano, uh Barry Allen scene in Catch Me If You Can, Rooney Mara as an actress, and Bennett Miller as director. Dr. Rowe has Robert Duvall as actor, safety Brothers, The Prestige, Zoe saldana and then the Money Ball trade deadline scene. Nez has Katherine Hahn, John Favreau, the ex Machina dancing scene, Lakeith Stanfield, and then Hook. <laughs> Nez, do you have any honorable mentions?
1: Uh, do I have any honorable mentions? Uh, Space Jam has a bad Rotten Tomato score, so I kind of went off that. Scott that's Pilgrim vs. The World. That, was
0: about, that would have been a great one.
1: Scott Pilgrim vs. The World is another one that obviously I have a personal one with. Um, for actors, uh, Killian Murphy. Um, actresses, uh, Sarah Paulson. And, oh, good uh, one. Yeah, I think that's that's about it. Cool. Dr. Like L. Uh
0: Actors, I had Sam Rockwell, it's not really underrated anymore. Paul Giamatti, I had Stellan Skarsgård, J.K. Simmons isn't underrated anymore, Mads Mikkelsen, Jack Black, uh, actresses, I had Helena Bonham Carter, yep, uh, Kate, Kate Winslet, I had Frances McDormand, which is why I thought of this idea to do an underrated draft, um, and then Rosamund Pike from I'm Gone Girl, but she honestly hasn't been in anything else but Gone Girl, and then obviously she's in I, it's I Care A Lot, which is getting... I guess it's pretty polarizing on the internet right now. I think we should review it next week. But uh, I had her on there. I wasn't going to pick her directors. I was going to take Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes has done Bond movies, and he's done uh, 1917, he's done American Beauty, and he's still not like ranked up with like the all-time greats. And I think he is an all-time great. I just, that's why I think he's underrated. He's not looked mm-hmm. at the same as those other people. Uh, Danny Boyle, I think, is kind of underrated. Yep. He kind of makes a film every once in a while. Edgar Wright, I'm surprised Nick didn't take him.
1: I don't even know. Is he is he underrated? Yeah. though? I yeah. I thought about it, but I don't I, I don't know. I feel yeah, like I look, he's. No, I, I, I th- love it. I Kurek. feel like
0: he wasn't underrated. I guess he's properly rated ever since. Um, uh, what's the movie? Baby, Baby Driver. Yeah. And then I also had Rob Reiner as for director, and uh, I had a couple movies. I'd Wind River, Little Miss Sunshine, Snowpiercer, yeah. Perks of Being a Wallflower, and
2: then scenes. I, like that movie. Yeah. I thought all I my big board except one.
0: Thor's arrival in Thor Ragnarok, I think I was gonna pick ah. because that one is looked at as everyone points to Infinity War. I personally like the scene coming into the immigrant song in Thor Ragnarok. I think mm-hmm. it's awesome, and it's when he's lo- he loses his eyes, coming in like slamming his uh, uh his uh, uh, what he has his new like a uh, power lightning, and, uh, yeah. and so uh then i don't know if this is an underrated scene but everyone thinks about the scene in once upon a time in hollywood with is like the end i think the ranch scene is arguably better and then i also um, had from uh the master the interview between philip seymour hoffman and uh joaquin phoenix and then i had the masturbation scene in this is the end because i think that's one of the funniest scenes that's ever existed i had
2: that on my big board with danny mcbride <laughs> yeah i so yeah, I think with this draft, I think you see a lot. It's just that we all have different perspectives on what's underrated, and then what echelon right. are they underrated? Are they going to like Edgar Wright, like from bo- like from middle tier about to be good to like great? Which I think like Nez, was his favorite act, uh, favorite director at the time, right? Exactly. So I think that's just like a there's like a thing, uh, like a echelon that we all, I think us three have different opinions on, which makes it. But now so that hard. I think
1: about it, John Favreau is more successful. Of a of a of a director than Edgar right, but
2: box office by far.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's all up to interpretation. Exactly. Box but uh, for Coming me,
2: uh, actors. I did Delroy uh, for honorable mentions. Delroy Lindo, I, the Five Bloods we saw last June, like criminally underrated. Never been nominated for an Oscar. Harvey Keitel, forgotten about, but always in good movies. Um, I I thought Doctor O was gonna pick this person, Michael Shannon. I thought he was gonna pick him. He always talks about him.
0: Would
2: have been a good time. Nick Cage, for me, unbelievable drama actor. So if you just focus on that. And Steve Buscemi, never been nominated for an Oscar, even though he's been Fargo, Big Lebowski, Reservoir Dogs, Mose Crossing. So um, then actresses, we said a bunch. Carrie Mulligan, promising young woman. Naomi Harris, I think she's great. She, was, she won for Moonlight, but still not talked about at all. Um, and then I had Danny Boy as my number two for directors, underrated. And uh, Taylor Sheridan is my number three, and uh, R- Richard Linklater is my number four. He did dazed and Confused, and Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and so on. And then um, for scenes, one other one, my number two was the Aviator bathroom scene where he brings his own soap in, and he's afraid to touch the door, and it's very tense. And Scorsese discovers uh, really comp- makes that compelling for the audience. And for movies, we've said a bunch of them like the Little Miss Sunshine. I thought that Rowe was going to pick Death of Stalin. Um,
0: Great
2: movie. I personally my number 2 was The Nice Guys, comedy with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. And That's like
0: that that's almost taken drive status.
2: Yeah, that's what that's why I like so much agreed. And then um Night's Tale with Paul Bettany and Heath Ledger and Stranger than Fiction was my last. Cool. All right, Nez, back to you.
1: All right. Well, we would just like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, that will conclude this episode of The Drive-In Podcast. Uh, and we just want to give you a quick reminder. If you don't already follow us on all our social media platforms, we are at The Drive-In Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, The Drive-In on Facebook and YouTube, and check out our blog on a daily basis on thedriveinpod.com. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we will...
2: smell